Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Ephesians 4 and 16. And uh, I want to read this to you. We've been reading it from the Amplified Bible. And it says, For because of him, because of Christ, the whole body, the church in all of its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all of its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. So we've been talking about together we can. Every person has a part. Every person has power adapted to their function, to their part in the body. So he says the church in all of its various parts so then my, my question, my statement then is, well, well, what's my part? All right, whatever my part is, according to the Scripture, there is power adapted to its need. Amen. Now, your part might be something that God has revealed to you. It might be something that you're called to do. More, more often than not, in the beginning, it's something you choose to do. All right, because I want to be a part of what God is doing. But the reality of it is, is that according to Scripture, every part has power adapted to its need. And it's power that the body needs, all right? There's one source of power, and it's adapted to whatever our power, our, our part is. Power flows to that part, amen. You know, if, if you take the simple uh, idea of an adapter, you know, we call it a power strip. Well, that's an adapter, and you plug that power strip into the wall, and then you can plug four, five, or six other things into that power strip. It's one source of power. The power strip is not the source of power. It's the adapter that gets the power from the source to the part. It's important, all right? So it's adapted to whatever my part is. The part might be the lamp on the table. The part might be the computer. The part might be the TV. But there's a part that that power is flowing to. Amen. And so when I understand that, there is power adapted to the need. So when we say bring your supply, that's what it's referring to. I bring my supply of power to the body. All right, whatever my supply of power is, I bring it to the body. Now, every person's part is different. And we talked last, uh, last time, last Sunday I was with you, last Sunday when I ministered, that every part is different and ordained by God. We'll probably read it again today, but Paul said, God has set some in the church. The Bible says every person's part is ordained by God. There are no unimportant members. There are none, no insignificant members. There's no body that does not have a part. 
Because the whole concept of a body is the body's together. If the body's not together, the body can't function. Amen. And that's why when someone thinks, I don't have a part, what they're saying without maybe realizing it is I'm not part of the body. Hallelujah. See, that's where we get the idea, the members of a church. Somebody goes, I'm a member there. Well, member means part. I'm a part of that church. Hallelujah. Now, every person's part is what? Designed to strengthen and empower the local church body. Every person's part is designed to strengthen and empower the local church body. Because remember, he said, when each part, notice this, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, what happens? The church grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. So notice, when each part is working properly in all of its functions, the church grows to full maturity. So see, what happens is very often, people put the maturity of a body over off on the pastor or over off on the fivefold ministry gifts, but Paul just said that every person seated in the church has a part in the maturity of the body. How do you know when a child's getting more mature at home? They are given more responsibility. Amen. A child with no responsibility is not mature Amen. because they've never learned responsibility. Right. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Is, it, is that right? On some of y'all with, with children old enough to, to, to look at it or do it, you may have a chore list at your house. We got a chore list on the refrigerator. And this is what you got to do. You get Kindle time and you get an hour of TV, but you got to do this first. This is your responsibility. It is not your responsibility to watch TV, but it is your responsibility to clean your room, make your bed, walk the dog. Well, when she was four, we didn't ask her to take the dog out. But now you're seven, you can take the dog out. Right? And it's the cutest thing in the world. She'll take the dog out in the front yard and she'll go, she's peeing. And everybody knows. Now, see, I'm more mature than that. Not really because it makes me laugh, but. That's, that's a big deal, right? Wait, now you got to make your bed. Well, it's hard for me to get on that side of the bed. Will you do your best and we'll help you? but you need to do your best. Why is that important? You got a part in this family. And having a part comes with responsibility. You you understand? Hallelujah. Have have you ever seen uh, children that had no responsibility? Uh And mom and dad did everything? Uh Right? I mean, dad's out mowing the yard, big old 15-year-old boy laying up in the house, and dad's out mowing the yard. Why isn't that boy out there mowing the yard? Well, if you like mowing the yard, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's great if you want to do it. But can't he be running the weed eater? Bagging leaves? 
taking up clippings, something, right? Washing off the deck. Why? He's got a part, right? He's going to want to eat tonight, right? I joke with our little dog. She'll come and, and she'll scoot her food bowl across the floor. And I'll look at her and I'll go, you haven't done near enough today to get any food. <laughs> then I give it to her. But here, here's, why is this important? Do they have a part? I say, do they have a part yes. in that house? Yes. Are they a son or a daughter in that house? Yes. Right? If you call something your house, it means you have a part and you're doing something in that house. Glory to God. Amen. If I got to make the bed, if I got to pick up the toys, if I got to dust the dresser, that's really not your room. That's my room. You're just sleeping in it. It becomes yours when you take responsibility for it. It becomes yours when you make the bed. It becomes yours when you vacuum the floor. It now, I know that's old school way of thinking about things. But, but you think about that. That ends entitlement. I've, t- I've talked to us in this series about how, and, and in the series about forgiveness, that nobody owes me anything. I've got to do what God said to do regardless of what anybody else thinks. Amen. Well, you ought to do that for me. I'm your daughter. No, no, wait, no, 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 that's not how it works. You being my daughter says I have this responsibility to you. Three main things, all right, physically. I give you food, I give you clothing, and I give you shelter. Those are things that have to be done. Going where you want to go, that's optional. Watching your tablet, that's optional. Optional depending upon what? Your part. If you, if you tell a child, I need you to go clean your room. Here, help me. What's their part? What's their part? Go clean their room with what kind of attitude? Good attitude. Honorable attitude. Is that right? Amen. And then that honorable, obedient child comes back and says, I would like to go to the park with so-and-so. You may go. Amen. Well, I ought to be able to just do whatever I want. Mm, no, that's not how it works. Amen. I've had people tell me before, I wouldn't like to be your child. I understand. <laughs> but, but, but think about that for a moment. We are called the body of Christ. We're called the household of faith. We're called the, here you go, family of God. If I understand that in a natural house with natural children that there are responsibilities for the family, then I have to understand that in the family of God, there's responsibilities. Hallelujah. And what will happen? The body will grow to full maturity. Now notice Ephesians 4 and 11. And he... Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, we're going to read some more of this, but this is, this is so important because in, in, in there's, there's an emphatic here when it says, and he gave. 
it, the, the emphasis is he himself. He himself, Jesus, personally gave. It, it emphasizes the importance of the gift, that it was something that Jesus gave personally. All right? Hallelujah. So we know these officers are men and women that have been anointed and called by God for what? Specific task, specific purpose in the body. All right? Now, notice, for the perfecting of the saints. The the word perfecting is the word equipping. For the equipment or the equipping of the saints. Amen. Well, for what? The work of the ministry. The scripture says he gave it for the perfecting of the saints in verse 12. For the why are the saints perfected? Why are they equipped? For the work of the ministry. Oh, wait a minute. So those gifts equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So if I, any of these gifts could do it on their own, then why are the saints equipped to do it? Because individually, it cannot be done. But together, if I say together, we can. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now notice, for the work of the ministry... Now, the scripture we read earlier says the saints have power adapted for their part. But for that to be working properly, they have to be equipped. And they're equipped for the work of the ministry in that local body by what? The, the pastor, the fivefold ministry in that location. Now, the fivefold ministries are for people. The power adapted for every part is for people, not to just make a ministry. It's for people. That's, that's, that's always the key, is these were given notice for people. The plan for every person's life is for the people. Doesn't matter what God's called you to do. Doesn't matter what your part is. It's for the people. It's not for me. It's for the people. Amen. Amen. Now, the reason that this is so important is whatever you do in the church is for the people. Hallelujah. My love for the people can be determined by how I use my part where they're concerned. Isn't it interesting in in the New Testament, primarily in the Pauline epistles, but all through what we call the New Testament, that the love walk is never emphasized in this manner that I'm walking in love with the world. The emphasis is always us walking in love as the body of Christ. 
Do we love the world? Of course we love the world. But the Bible says more often than not that we've got to walk in wisdom towards the world. The emphasis on walking in love is between brothers and sisters. What does that mean? That's your focus. That's, that's where the utmost amount of your care is directed, is towards the person that your brother or your sister or your family in the household of God. Of course we love the world, but what, how do we prove we love the world? We warn them. Is that right? We witness to them. We tell them the truth. Not just the truth about how much God loves them, but the truth about what can happen if they reject the gift of God. Amen. Is that right? But, but why are we doing that? They're, they're not brothers and sisters. They're the world. We're the household of faith. You'll hear songs and they'll say, we're all brothers and sisters. No, we're not. The only way I'm your brother or sister is we got the same parents. And the Bible says that our father is God and that the world's father is Satan. Well, if the world's father is Satan, we can't be siblings. Amen. So I love them by witnessing to them and warning them. Glory to God. Amen. And you know, people are looking. People are waiting on that. There are people that want answers. I was getting my hair cut the other day, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. And uh, uh, the guy, they, they, they will always ask you what you do. And, uh, and so every time I tell them I'm, I'm a pastor, they either quit talking to me or, or, they, or, or like him, they start telling me all their problems. I want to put on a collar, just put it around backwards, and just throw that thing up over both of our heads and confess, my son. And, you know, just take some of that gel and just holy water. <laughs> there you go. Not really. But here, here's the point. All these things going on in his life, right? And so finally we get down to it. Well, are you born again? Do you know Christ? Is Jesus your Lord? Now, thankfully, he said yes. A lot of problems going on in recovery. A lot of things going on in his life. Well, what compelled me, what compelled me to spend that length of time talking to him? I don't know if he's saved or not. I cannot go there and let him know I'm a pastor. I'm born again. I have the answer to your problem and then not bring the thing to a conclusion. I got to make sure, right? Why do I want to make sure? Because I love him in the sense that he could be going over the deep end with no hope. Amen. And the Bible said you snatch him. Is that right? But where you and I are concerned, it says to be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Well, how did God forgive us readily and freely? Amen. Is that right? It says have compassion one toward another. Amen. That's important. So, my love for people can be determined by how I use my part where they're concerned. My prayer, your prayer, our prayer should be, how can I help the people? 
How can I help the people in the church that I'm a part of? What would be the best means of me helping them? Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. We, we see an example of this from this man named Epaphras. And Paul was, was, was writing to the church at Coloss. And uh, if you look at this, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you always. Everybody say always. Always, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. For what purpose, Epaphras? That you might stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Wow. So this man, he says, is always laboring fervently for you in prayer that you can stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So he's traveling with the greatest apostle of his day. He's traveling with the greatest ministry leader of the day. But his focus is not on him and what he gets to do. His focus is on the people that they would stand perfect and complete in the will of God. And he said he was always laboring fervently to see this happen. All right? One, One translation says contending fervently. It's interesting to me as you study through the New Testament, the Pauline epistles, how often the word contending, how often the word fervently is used when it comes to praying for one another. James chapter 5, when it says, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Why? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, making tremendous power available. So notice, that person is praying for that brother or sister that's confessed a fault to them, a failure, a misgiving. They're praying for them, and what's the, what's the, the, the understood issue? That then great power will be made available to that person. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we care about the people. We care about the people. Amen. There would be no concern about position if the people are the focus. Hallelujah. See, my left arm is not concerned that my right arm might get more use. Now, you understand... Arms don't understand one thing or another. They're limbs on our body. But for the sake of, of understanding, I've never went to lift something and my left arm say, I'm not lifting because you don't use me as much. It lifts what I tell it to lift. Is that, is that right? We do what God has called us to do regardless of position. If the people are the focus. If the people aren't the focus, my position will be my focus. Well, I'll do if. No, that's the wrong, wrong motive. I remember my pastor telling a story about a man that came to him as a well-known minister. And he came to him, and uh, he met with him at his office, and he said, I am going to uh, come off the the traveling field, and, and I'm going to start a church here in Little Rock, 
And he said, uh, and, uh, and it's going to be the biggest church in Little Rock. My pastor said, okay, fine, great. And he did. He started church, and, and it flourished. It, it, it took off other people's people. But it did. Well, about a year, year and a half later, he came to him, and he said, uh, well, he said, uh, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go to another city and start another church. Pastor said, you can't. He said, why not? I can do whatever I want. He said, not if you care about the people. Amen. Not if you care about the people. You care about the people, you won't take a chance of causing a gap in that body. Amen. You won't risk it. Regardless, regardless, you won't take that, you, you, won't, you won't risk that. Amen. In uh, verse 16, you're right there in Ephesians 4, from whom the whole body, fit, whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is the verse we, we has been our foundation verse. So operating in the power that's adapted for our part, what does it do? It results in the building up of the body in the sphere of love. Hallelujah. Amplified Bible, the Weiss Bible says, it makes for increased growth of the body. So notice, what is every part for? To cause increased growth in the body. Increased growth in the body. So when I get in my part, in my place, I cause the body to grow. And that part, again, that part may be, that part may be more or less public. It, it may be praying. That, that may be what you're called to. Everybody's called to pray. But that, that may be your focus. And you can, you can go down and, and, and point out any natural position or any physical position. We talk about the helps ministry. We talked about that on the, 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 the other Sunday. That right in the middle of the five-fold ministries that God set in the church, he set helps. All right? So, so what does that mean? That means that, that helps are at least as important as those other gifts. Amen. As far as it goes and, and concerns edifying the body, helping the body grow. Amen. That's important. So operating in the power that's adapted for our part results in the building up of the body in the sphere of love. Look over here at 1 Corinthians 12. Hallelujah. And verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, same God, which worketh all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to, notice, to every man. Not some men, every man. To profit with all. The Reese Bible says, the clearly seen operations of the Spirit with a view to the profit of all. Now, 
This is important because the gifts of the Spirit are distributed for the profit of everybody. The profit of all. Every part of the body. Hallelujah. Notice verse 11. It says, But these, all these work that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Or dividing to each one separately as he desires. And we read for the profit of all. So these gifts are distributed as the Spirit desires for what? The profit of all. The body is the focus. The word of wisdom is in operation in a church for the body. The word of knowledge is in operation for the body. The, the, the tongue's interpretation is there for the body. And that's, and, and that's why even in time past, you can see people that, uh, the only way I know to say it is maybe you might know something about them or maybe they got a failure in their life, but they'll have a word for the body. God will use them in tongues or interpretation of tongues. And people say, well, why the Lord, why would God use them? The body, because they would yield. The problem with what a lot of spiritual people have is this. If it's not their thing, they're not worried about it. And, and a lot of times, people that don't have what we would say a deeper spiritual maturity will open themselves up to the things of God and be used by God, and the body will profit. Now, they got a pastor and they got a leader to help keep them to help keep them grounded, to help keep them level, but they'll use it to help the body. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So notice that they're distributed as the Spirit desires for the profit of all. Now, in verse 18 of that same chapter, it says, Now God, but now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. He set the members in the body as it pleased him. Then verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And notice he says, are all apostles? No, of course not. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all in speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Well, the answer is no. Every part of the body doesn't do that. Hallelujah. So he said by the Spirit of the Lord, that God has placed these parts in the body as it pleased Him. So my part in the body pleases God because He set me there Himself. God has appointed each person for the part that they have. Hallelujah. Now verse 31 says, But covet earnestly or desire earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. 
Well, he's saying you should be zealous for greater spiritual gifts. You should want greater spiritual gifts in your life and in, and in your, your, uh, your assembly. But then he said, but I point out to you a super excellent way. A super excellent way. Now, all of this goes together. If, 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 you're, if, if love for the body, for that group is not the focus, then I can't talk about walking in love. I'm a hypocrite if I talk about walking in love, but I don't care what happens to the body. Amen. You understand? You can't tell me you love me and my body and you're willing to rip my arm off. Well, you'll get better. You'll be all right. I remember one time I was with Pastor at a minister's conference in Round Rock, Texas. It was at a church that Keith Butler had, had planted. And uh, we were there and they were having a panel discussion. And it was uh, Pastor Caldwell, Bob Yandian, and Keith Butler. You might learn a little bit from them. And... Uh, uh, but in any event, they were talking, and this subject came up. And the subject that came up was people leaving the ministry. And pastor made a statement like, like only he can do, just, just very kind and, and, and very uh, caring, just like a, a grandfather. And he made the statement. And this is what I don't think people understand. He said, when somebody leaves a church, he said, the people are confused they can be hurt. They don't know what's going on. And then the pastor's got to come in and fix it. Amen. The person that left, they don't give it any thought. They don't care if you're hurt. They don't care if you're confused. It's just they're going to get to go do their thing. Amen. They're going to get to do what I want to do. And they'll always put a spiritual twist on it. You know, it's what God told me to do. I got to do what God told me to do. Well, then be a man or a woman about it and stand up here and tell us why you're leaving. Amen. Wouldn't that be the best thing to do? No, no. Nowadays, it's an email or a text, maybe a phone call. Why? Because there's no care for the body. Bigger, bigger does not mean success. If, 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 if you're in a place with five people and you don't care about those five people, you're not going to care about 50 because they'll just be a stepping stone to something else. If you don't care about those 50, you're not going to care about 500. Because Jesus said it this way. He said basically this. If you don't care about the one that went astray, how can you say you care about the 99? He said he dropped everything and went after the one. Are you following me? And so anytime the body's hurt, anytime the body is confused by my action... I've hurt the body. 
Well, I don't have a choice. You always have a choice when it comes to hurting the body. You always have a choice. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, notice this. So we're to desire to operate these, these gifts, but there's a super excellent way we can walk in. Look at, look at verse uh, chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, so tongues and interpretation, and have not love, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. One translation says I'm just annoying. And though I have the gift of prophecy, that would be the simple gift of prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit, and understand all mysteries, the word of wisdom, and all knowledge, word of knowledge, and though I have faith, the gift, gift of faith, so I can remove mountain, remove mountains, Amplified Bible says mountain after mountain, and have not love, I'm nothing. One translation says a useless nobody. Now, to me, that sounds like a very spiritual person. I mean, wouldn't you think? They have the working of miracles and the gifts of healing and tongues and interpretation, and my God, they have such great faith that, you know, they speak to the mountain and the mountain moves. But he said, without love, and what's the context? The chapter's complement each other. What's the context? The body. Why, why do I have these gifts operating for the body? So when he says, I'm, I'm a useless nobody, useless to who? The body. If I'm just annoying, where? To the body. This is important. Because together, you can, we can do it. Amen. It's not, not just what God has called us to do. The job of the church, together, we can do it. You know, I noticed something today. We had a wonderful praise and worship time. We had wonderful voices. We had wonderful, wonderful anointing, wonderful moving of the Holy Spirit. But I noticed something. Nobody did it by themselves. I noticed the drums had a part, and the bass had a part, and the piano had a part, Right? There were, there were people singing in higher octaves and lower octaves. There were people singing harmony. People singing lead. And it sounded wonderful. So, so that's the body, and everybody was working together. And what did that whole time of worship and praise do? Blessed the body. Is that right? It blessed the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when, when we minister the word, we're blessing the body. See, the, the blessing comes to you as you get involved in what God has for that body to do. Oh, hallelujah. And so he said, desire this. He said, covet these gifts. Go after them. You want them operating in your life. But he said, there's a more super excellent way than giving an interpretation of tongues. He said the most super excellent way is love. For what? For the body. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's focus, notice, the Holy Spirit's focus is the body. Because 
the gifts are not the proof of spiritual maturity. Ability is not the proof of spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. I remember one time a friend of mine, uh, they were there, their, their, I think their son was seven then. He's, my Lord, he's in his, I think he's in his 30s now. But in any event, he was there and, and on the platform of the church that, that they were a part of and I was there visiting the church. And he came up and he said something very spiritual, very spiritual. And it was right on. Their son said something very spiritual. And then you know what he said two minutes later? Now, can I have some chips? Well, he was seven, and he said something profound. But then right on the other hand, okay, I'm done with that. I want chips and a video game. Why, why would that be the case? Immaturity. Immaturity. Something profound, something immature. The gifts are not proof of maturity. The gifts are not, the gifts are not even proof of spirituality. Because they're, 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 they're given as the Spirit wills. Amen. You don't have to be spiritual to operate in these gifts. You will operate in them more the more spiritual you are. Hallelujah. I remember one time my father was ministering in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was in the, in the summer. I believe it was in Pittsburgh. And uh, back then, there was a storefront on every corner, especially Pentecostal churches, because back then we weren't real popular. Amen? We're more popular today. But, you know, got good-looking folks like y'all. It helps. But, amen. But he was ministering. He was ministering. And uh, the door was open. It was summer. If you've ever been in Pennsylvania in the summer, it's very hot, humid. And a young lady was walking by, and she happened to be a prostitute. And she saw the fans going, different things. It was cooler on the inside, so she came on the inside just to get out of the heat, heard the music. Well, during the, the process of my dad preaching, she got under conviction. And when he gave the altar call, she came up to get saved. She was saved, gloriously saved, and healed at the same time. She was blind in one eye. Got saved and healed all at once. Well, the price was paid for all of it at once, so we might as well get it all at once. But, but here's the thing. Then, after church, the pastor's wife came to him. Now, this woman was stone deaf. She, she could read lips, but she was stone deaf. And very Pentecostal. I mean, hair five foot up in a beehive, drip, sleeves down to here. And, 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 and understand, I mean, I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying this is the way she was. Probably loved the Lord. No makeup. And, and communicated to my father and said, I want you to tell me something. He said, what? And she said, how is it that that young girl who's a prostitute can come in here and get healed at the same time she got saved, and I've been waiting on God to heal me for all these years. Now, why hadn't God healed me? Here's why. Because she thought her no makeup, her long sleeves, long dress, hair in a beehive, 
She thought that was spirituality. But what was everything she believed based on? What she did. That young lady that just moments before was in illicit relationships with men for money came walking down the street and sat in the back of that church and heard somebody tell her, God loves you in spite of what your life is, and if you'll just give your life to him, he'll save you and turn your life around. And she didn't sit there and think about my clothes aren't right, my hair isn't right, I got on too much makeup. She didn't care what anybody thought. She just went to the front and got delivered and got healed and got saved. You understand? So spiritual maturity wasn't necessary to get healed. Just had to believe. Spiritual maturity is not necessary to have these gifts operate through you. You should crave them. You should desire them. But the Bible says that what happens is as you're part of the body and as you sit under the Word and as you bring your supply that something begins to happen to you, it says that you begin to mature. And as you mature, you put yourself in a place to be a good steward over these gifts. Hallelujah. See, well, let me move on. Look at Galatians 6. There's so much here. Why is this important? Because the places God is taking us requires concern for the body. Hallelujah. I remember, uh, well, a number of years ago when the Lord began to deal with us uh, to minister pastor two churches. And uh, uh, there's a person that just, well, a couple of people, and, and they just, they just, they couldn't understand how we were going to do it. So they just left. Well, who got to answer all those questions? Me. Did they tell me why they left? No. Those people, prayed. when they were here, they prayed for me. I could feel their prayers. Matter of fact, the first few weeks after they left, I knew there was a noticeable difference in the spirit because they weren't praying. They prayed for me. They prayed for this ministry. Now, now, here's the thing. It's not, it's not a slight on them. I've, I've run into these people regularly on the street. I talk to them, love them, care about them. Very, they're my friends. But here's, here's the issue. Did they care about the body? No, they didn't. Because they didn't care that they were taking their prayer supply. They didn't care that they were just walking away from the body. Amen. Now, that's not to say God, understand what I'm saying. I understand that God I understand that God moves people but God doesn't move people at the expense of the body. Amen. Because the the the, the word of God is replete with those examples of people having hands laid on them and being set, sent out to do what God's asked them to do. We we have evidence and we have a a a a format in the Bible for the way things are supposed to be done. 
Hallelujah. Do you, do you understand? Think about this for a moment. What if, what if your wife and your children just came home tomorrow and you were gone and you just didn't tell nobody and they thought everything was great? Well, what's going to happen? Are you going to say, they'll get, they'll get on. They'll be okay. They'll get over it. Do you really believe that? You really believe they'll just get over it? They won't. They won't get over it because you're part of the family. You're part of the family. Just because somebody can go on without you doesn't mean they should have to. This is important because everything that we do for the body is seen in our own lives. Your family's better because you're connected to the body. Your marriage is stronger because you're connected to the body. Your finances are more in a better state because you're connected to the body. And whatever God wants you to do with your life is better because you're connected to the body. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Notice it says brethren. So he starts out with brethren. So he's talking to believers. If a man be overtaken in a fault, Oh, hallelujah. Or caught in a fault, you which are spiritual. Now notice, he doesn't say you that are believers. He says you that are spiritual. Well, why is that important? All believers are not spiritual. Amen. He says if you're spiritual. When the Bible uses the term spiritual, it's a reference to maturity. If you're spiritual, you're mature. If you're mature, you're spiritual. And he says, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you should be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. If a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? So he says, if somebody is overtaken, your center column reference might say caught. When you, when you look at it in the Greek, it's like he didn't get up in the morning intending to do that. He got snared. He got tripped up. And notice what it says. If you're spiritual, what do we do? What do we do? Restore him. Is that right? Now, why would we restore him? Because we care about the body. The, the word restore there carries the idea of mending, like you would mend a broken arm, like you would set a bone and mend a broken arm. The confrontation might be painful. We got to set the bone, but then we're going to mend it. Then we're going to put a cast on it. We're going to help you. Is that right? Why? Because of the body. That, that, that's why the Bible uses the human body. For instance, in Ephesians 5, it says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Right? And then it says, in, in talking about loving our wives as we love our own selves, it said, For no man has ever yet hated his own body, but he nourishes it and cherishes it, even as Christ nourished and cherished the church. Is that right? 
I don't know about you, but I, I do all I can to avoid extreme pain. There are things that are painful that I have to do if, for, for certain things. You want to stay fit. You want to stay healthy. You're going you're to put yourself through some, some physical challenges. But here's, here's the point. I am not going to put my hand on the doorpost of my car and let you slam it. How do you know that hurts? I'll tell you how I know that hurts. We used to have a guy that came to church here, and he was in a wheelchair. And uh, he, they always parked out front, and he had bought a new van that had a ramp. And uh, uh, so I was out talking to him one night after church, and I, I had my hand on the doorpost right here on that new van. And his daughter, bless her, <laughs> evidently did not see my hand. And she got in the car and slammed the door. And my fingers were thankfully wiggling on the other side. And they found out I was saved. Amen. I didn't know if he was for a minute. He, Open the door. You got the pastor's hand. Right? I, I, that hurt. I don't, I don't want to do that no more. Notice this is important. Why? You want to know why? I like my body. I care about my fingers. Amen. He said, if you're spiritual, restore him. Is that what he said? Not kick him to the curb. Not say they'll get on without me. They'll be all right. They'll make it. No, he said, you that are spiritual, restore them. In, in the what? Meekness, considering yourself. You know, the way you treat the body is what you'll reap. I've, I've, I've talked to pastors before, and they'll get so upset because other pastors are coming into their city. Well, who made it theirs? Who made it theirs? Amen. I, I never saw so many pastors freak out when my good friend, dear friend of mine, Jay Eberly, when they started their church, in, in Missouri. Never, never had so many, oh, they're starting that church. And there are so many people in Jackson County that if every church was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the doors were open 24 hours a day, all the people in Jackson County could not come to the church. You would, you would, you would still be missing millions, hundreds of thousands. They're part of the body. I want them to do good. Amen. You understand? The way you treat the body that you're a part of is what will come back to you. That, that, that's so important. Because if I want God to bless what I'm doing, I want to care about the body that I'm a part of. Amen. Amen. I'm going I'm to start wrapping this up. See, that's the importance when, like, for instance, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, when it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And, 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 and very often, you know, that's the emphasis there. See, you ought to come to church. Why does it say we should come to church? So that we can edify and exhort each other. Amen. Is that right? Spur each other on. Help each other grow, not just to be in church. Well, what does that mean? 
whether you have a position or not, you have a job. You're supposed to show up and help somebody else. Help somebody what they may be going through. Help somebody in the situation that they may be dealing with. Ever, ever what it may be. It's not just to show up and be in church. I'm not checking boxes. I'm not just marking time. I'm here, right? Why do I want to come to church on Wednesday night? Because somebody's going to be there that needs my help. Because somebody's going to be there that needs me to edify them and build them up. Amen. Amen. Why do I want to come to church on Wednesday night? Because it's a long time between Sundays. Amen. Amen. Listen, folks, we can find more and more excuses in the day we live in to do less and less for God. But the less I do for God, the more harm I put on his body. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We're taking every opportunity that God will give us. I told the Lord just the other day, I'm going to take every opportunity you give us. I don't care what it is. I don't, I, don't, I don't care if it's in the television ministry. I don't care if it's in helping other ministries. I don't care, Father. I don't care if it's a church after a church after a church after a church. I will do it. I will take every opportunity that you're giving us. Why? Because if we really believe it's the last of the last days, I don't want to be doing less. I want to be doing more for God in the day that I'm living in. I want my local church to be the absolute strongest that it can be in every area, in my community, in my county, in my state, in my nation. I want this place to be the strongest that it can be because I have a part, and that's my body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's so important. You know, when everybody works together, we were talking about mowing the yard the other day or just a few minutes ago. And I think it was I think it was Jeremy that shared the illustration with me. You know, my my children, my child might not be mowing, but they can be picking up sticks, moving rocks. What what does that do? It makes the mowing easier. Amen. Don't you want things to be easier on the person sitting beside you? Don't you want things to be easier for the people that God's called you to? Then I got a part. I got a part. You know, the Lord had told us some number of years ago, especially Pastor Michelle, and of course I'm I'm a part of that. He said, uh, he told her, he said, I want you to take the teachings of Kenneth Hagin and Charles Capps to the Hispanic community. And he emphasized in Arkansas. And that does not mean that we don't do it to other places. But, you know, the, the, the emphasis, when God gives you an emphasis, he'll give you a door. Amen. That's, why, that's why Paul said, you know, there's a, a great and effectual door that's open to us and there's many adversaries. You know, there's an old song in the 80s, some of y'all might remember it, it was called Beyond the Open Door. All right, beyond the open door, there's a new and fresh anointing. All right, in other words, the door's open. And because the door's open, there's an anointing that we're going to step in. And you can be praying with us about it because we're working feverishly on it uh, as much as we can. And we got a call uh, a few days ago. Actually, it's been a couple weeks ago now uh, from uh, the representative of Univision there in uh, Little Rock. And, uh, of course, Univision is primarily Hispanic programming. 
and uh, they they had an opportunity for us uh, on their over over the air their their antenna channels, and of course they have one main channel and then they have sub channels, and the 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 people that had one of the sub channels uh, had decided they they were going to go a different direction. So the guy is born again. We've dealt with him before, and he said, "I thought of you guys," and so uh, he he explained what it would be. So it's basically. 24-hour programming from faith builders in Spanish. Amen. And uh, some, some bilingual, of course, because uh, the messages that I, most, all of our Wednesday nights are bilingual, and one service every Sunday is bilingual, so we do a lot. But here's, here's the point that I'm making. Is so, uh, of course, he, he talked to my wife via email, and, and then she began to talk to me, and and uh, we were praying about some things, and it just kept coming to my heart. It kept coming to my spirit. How can I not? Th- this is what God told me to do. How can I not do it? Amen. You know, when the Lord taught, began to deal with us to live stream our services, you know, it really wasn't that long ago in the scheme of things. I found out what it would take and I got, I got online and found some packages that, you know, with the cameras and whatnot, our, our beginning live stream, right? Well, at that time, the only techie person in the church was my wife at that time. Well, she didn't know anything about setting up live stream. So you know what she did? She got everything plugged in. You know what she started doing? Punching buttons. That, that's me and hers thing, just punch buttons. Figure it out, right? Well, you know what? We did. We figured it out and started live streaming our services. Well, this opportunity comes up. Well, what do we do? How can we not? How can we not? And so now it's just going to take this software and it's going to take this and it's going to take this. So what do we do? So we start doing it. And, and, uh, uh, so the other day, she brings all this equipment to the church, and, and she's setting it up, and other people helping, uh, helping her set it up. But here's, here's the thing. I, it, so, it just blessed me, because you know what I saw her start doing? You ready? Punching buttons. Amen. We're going to figure out how to do this. We're going to figure out how to do it, because this is what God wants us to do. We're not going to let that part of the body slip into insignificance. Anything that God's at, and, and, and doors opening, 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 opening. Just amazing the way the doors are opening. Pastor Michelle called me the other day. I was here at the church. Let's see, was it yesterday or day before Friday, I think? And I was praying here in the church. And uh, she called me, and she said something to me. She said, I just got a call, and she named a, a, a ministry, a, a, a very prominent ministry. And uh, she said, they just called us and asked us if we'd be on the board of their ministry. Why is this important? Everything that God does in our lives personally is attached to the way we treat his body. Amen. Everything. Everything. Here, here's the bottom line. And this, this is the way it's been for me. Every sense, God's asked us to do what, if you ask, that's what I'm going to do. 
That's what, that's what I'll do. We will be covering the state of Arkansas in Spanish. Amen. When there's, the contract's done. We're doing it. And we'll grow as we do it. Amen. But it's going to happen, and it is happening. Hallelujah. We will fly our Cessna 421C to the churches that God's called us to go to and to help. We will do it. Why? Because that's what God's called us to do. But you know who will be at the center of the care and the concern? You. Why? Because together we can. Separate, we can't. We can't. I can't just go do what I think I need to do and expect to be successful. Does that make sense? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Say out loud, together we can. Amen. Glory to God. Let's bow our heads today.